Hi again, everybody. Tom Oglesby in the FM 98.3 KCRD Studios. This is The Chatter. Janet Wagner, Colleen Pasnick, and uh, we're going to get started with a prayer in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Remember, O most gracious Gracious Virgin Virgin Mary, that that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thy intercession, was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. Well, what are in the headlines? Well, it's been another busy week. Um, headlines this week seems to be kind of a repeat in some cases, but important nonetheless. Father Altman was finally removed by Bishop Callahan, and that's been covered by quite a few outlets. Also, um, the gay choir is coming after your children, the San Francisco Men's Glee Club. Um, that was one of the <laughs> that was one of the headlines. Um, another headline is as Pope Francis had surgery. I heard, I think it was actually this afternoon or yesterday that they're keeping him in the hospital. So we continue to pray for him. Pray for Francis. Churches in in Canada continue to burn. Um, and Ireland. And Ireland. And China. And there's also a couple of priests who have been kidnapped. And I think one's in Nigeria and another one mm-hmm. um, can't name that place right now but we are under attack as catholics and then last but not least um forced vaccination you know as we continue to go through this pandemic and flu season's right around the corner um so that's kind of the top headlines for this week wow a lot of stuff going on a lot of stuff going on what do you got well those were all my headlines too (laughs) um but, you know, just a couple things. So, you know, Father Altman, like you said, finally was, um, what's the word? Censored, removed. Canceled. 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 Upbraided. His chastised. Fa- his faculties have permanently changed until the lawsuit goes through and they um, figure that out. Yeah, one of the points that uh, the bishop made in his statement of, being, of removing Altman was saying that um, this... Will not be indefinite, but it's basically until you come to your senses. Yeah, with one of those thirty-day retreat things, you have to do a thirty-day retreat. But it said something to the effect that Father Altman can change this. You know, as soon as he decides that. Well, he was was stronger than that. That the the change was entirely in Father Altman's control. Yes. And this is that re-education. Anyone that speaks the truth. Now, admittedly, he spoke vigorously but this 60 years of meeting people where they're at and accompanying them on their journey ain't working that's right christ didn't tell people to go on out and meet them where they're at and accompany them on their journey he said i am the way the truth and the life baptize all nations right in the name of the father and the son and the holy spirit and that ain't happening. And sooner or later, you have to go to the extreme by calling people out, clergy and others, politicians, whatever. You ain't doing this. <laughs> what really got them, I, here, here's one thing I heard, is that 
and I don't know if this is substantiated, but let's let's just put it on the table. That the hierarchy is fearful of lawsuits that constituents would say it's it's in and around you can't be catholic and a democrat mm-hmm. yeah now i don't i haven't heard anything i've i've heard only one or two sources on this that litigation in and around you're going to be sued because you can't be catholic and a democrat don't know that that's and that was where altman made the biggest waves Back yeah. in the fall, that was the video that he what got millions of views. Yeah, um, so that's went kind virtual. of mm-hmm. yeah, went it went uh, viral, and so um, but he's been outspoken since then, and it hasn't been just about you know Democrats. It's been about um, you know anyone that is you know promoting things like abortion or um, same sex uh, activity, uh, any any of those things. And I was thinking, you know, John the Baptist was also pretty. Um, uh, you know, Altman said, they say it's his tone. Well, John the Baptist had a pretty bad tone too, right? You brood of vipers. Who told you to come out here and, and talk to me and get baptized? And he lost Adulterer, his, adulterer. Right? And he lost his head over it. But when you look back to the Old Testament, all the prophets, right? They didn't want to be a prophet because you were basically going to tell people, we're screwing up. God's not happy. We need to change our lives. They killed the prophets, Jesus even said it in the parable, we sent, the father sent prophets, you killed them. Mm-hmm. And now you really have a sense of, oh, that, I kind of get what that's about now. Because we've got a couple prophets in our day, like Altman, saying the truth that nobody wants to hear. Back in the day, they probably would have killed him, stoned him. And the interesting thing about that is, when you look at mentalities, that's been kind of a, a big key for me to pay attention to is, is he really saying you can't be Catholic and Democrat? Because there's always sides right away and it's like well people that are democrat and are sitting in the pews that go to mass and have been you know i am a democrat and i am catholic so who are you father altman to tell me what i can do and what who i can be but what he's really getting at is we don't know the truth of our catholic faith and you don't know the values of what the democratic platform are saying if you think that you can be Catholic and Democrat. And he really, really nailed that point home, and it's starting to have So, So hold on here impacts. a minute. You need, you need to slow that down and, and bring, it, bring it to light. One, Catholics, you're saying Catholics don't know their Catholic faith. Yes, I am. And you're saying, two, Democrats don't know the platform and all of the planks in the Democratic platform. They either don't know it or they choose to support it. But if you're choosing to support it, then you're going against the Catholic truths of the Catholic faith. So how can you be Catholic? And that's the dilemma. It's causing a dilemma on each side. You're either ignorant or you're not. And in either case, if you're not, you're going against the Catholic Church. And if you are, well, let's educate you. Let's, let's, you know, people are picking political parties like baseball teams. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, no, wait a minute, there's values here. And how do those values reflect our Catholic faith? And and when we look at that, you know, if somebody truly doesn't know, then we need to be charitable and bring them along and say, hey, by the way, because, you know, after all, someone did that for me. Mm-hmm. You know, sure. not that I was. Wayward woman. Yeah. <laughs> One, once upon a time. <laughs> well, that was the old college professor up at Loris here, you know, he. 
he identified the problem circa 1979-1980. Uh, the problem we have is ignorance and apathy, and the response was, "I don't know," and "I don't, I don't care. care." Right. And this is this is what's uh, what's happening here. So I'm doing some, uh, I'm a great guest on the weekends, you know, if you've got a cocktail party or a, a barbecue on the patio, you know, I, I can slither from conversation to conversation. I'm shocked. I, I needed therapy after this weekend here. Grown, grown women. I'm not talking Gen Xers. I'm talking whatever it was before the baby boom or late baby boom and there. Well, it's not a sin to go to church. You don't, we don't have to go to church anymore. It's, it's, not a, it's not a sin anymore, is it? That's the behavior they've been groomed to believe. So my answer was, yes, you do have to go. Yes, it is a sin. And I just slithered to the next conversation trying to find if it was any better. And it, and it wasn't. But grown but Catholics are... Grown Catholics who were raised... Catholic their whole life and have known, yeah, you need to go to church on Sunday. You need to go to Mass on Sunday. Um, but this whole COVID thing has everybody confused because every bishop in this country said, well, no, you don't have to go. So people are like, oh, okay, I don't have to go. It's very confusing. So it, it was, it's a sin, then it wasn't a sin, now it's a, it's all very confusing. It's very confusing, but by the same token, you know, these people know in their hearts because our hearts were hardwired when we were created in the womb to know the truth. And so they know deep down that it's a sin, but the more you practice, um, going against a truth, it's going to get more comfortable. And so I think that's one element of it. The flip side is, is that you get somebody that doesn't want to go to church or they're trying to walk their way through some of the stuff that's confusing. Well, I'm a good person. I have a mind, I have a brain, you know, I do all these things at my job, you know, whatever, I'm quite talented and gifted, and not that they're coming out and saying that, but in their psyche, they can make a decision on their own. They, they're they reasonable people, they're adults. Yes, don't tell me what to do. But what happens is, is they fall into the fallacy of saying, I'm a good person, and in scripture, Jesus even said, no one is good but God himself. That's the problem with sin, is we like it. Yes, it becomes we do. easy, and as we like it, and it becomes easy. It, um, I make the analogy of the. Uh, we've all had our these new headlights. They're not glass anymore. They're this this polymer or plastic or whatever, and they get fogged over or whatever. You know, I think that's what sin does to the soul, doesn't it? It uh, and it doesn't necessarily come off with a with a quick wash. You know, sometimes you got to scrub deep uh, to uh, regain that clarity in in your headlights and um and i th i think think we're all in it i more than one priest we talked about altman by the way did we talk about altman coming to dubuque not in this episode we have wednesday september 22nd wednesday september 22nd in dubuque at the grand river center father james altman is our keynote speaker with a number of other priests coming in here you can get tickets at kcrd-fm.org, kcrd-fm.org. But more than one priest, not just Altman, questioned the sanity, the legality, the where, where do, 
how can you absolve people from the third commandment and say you don't have to go to mass this year? I mean, it, it, that, that's not a church law, keeping the Sabbath holy. Goes right back that, to Moses and the Ten Commandments. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, how do you, you know, what are we going to do? A free pass for adultery next week or, uh, you know, uh, killing? Or I should say murder. Murder. Uh, it's a it's a valid question. It's not a it's not from the church. It's from God Himself telling it to Moses, and it's been written in our hearts for thousands of years. Mm-hmm. And how much time do we have? I mean, what do you, you mean? Know, well, what I mean is, is that we all think we're going to be here tomorrow. We might not be here in the next hour. And I know in my heart, a lot of times in my prayer especially when I look around at different things and situations and circumstances, not so much the person, but the behavior. And it's just like, wow, they are so far off the mark. If they died right now, they would not be going to heaven. But we eulogize them at the funeral. and Everybody's going to heaven. Everybody's going to heaven. And, uh, you know, and in some cases it's been said that hell is probably empty. And... These are just. We have a reasonable assurance, reasonable hope. Hell is empty. There can be a reasonable hope, but there's also a reality. But that's exactly opposite of what Christ Himself said. Exactly. Christ Himself said the road to destruction is broad, and many there are who find it, while the road to eternal life is narrow, and few there are. And then He says, strive to enter the narrow gate. You don't have to strive. I mean, strive, that's hard work. You, you don't ever, just accidentally fall into heaven. Have you ever tried getting a camel through the eye of a needle? It's difficult. <laughs> never. <laughs> I never did. Well, we're almost there. <laughs> you said something a while ago, Janet. I don't know if you caught it, Colleen. We were talking about uh, uh, political parties and Catholicism, and we wear it on our sleeves. You know, uh, Benedict said something like that. I can't remember if it while he was still Cardinal Ratzinger. But he said one of the great threats to the Catholic faith was that it would be uh, relegated to the status of a social con- a construct, a social construct. And he uh, went further to explain, what is that? What is a social construct? It is, well, I belong to the Dubuque Golf and Country Club, or I'm a Hawkeye fan, or I'm a Republican, or I'm a libertarian or I'm uh, you know I belong to the save the animals club here that it was simply another of those badges on on your Facebook pad page or whatever here that it was just something you elected to do but you really didn't get involved in it and I fear uh, his uh, prediction has come true yeah I would agree yeah. You know, and you know, part of it is is that there just has not been any teaching. Um you know, every week in the homily or in the gospel it's it's like Jesus gives the priest a softball to talk about. Mm-hmm. But so often in my experience we get some fluff or some social justice topic to talk about instead of what scripture and the gospel is actually talking about. And I know it's because they don't want to address something that's difficult or offend anyone that's out in the pews. 
But if we, and this is something Father Altman talked about, if we do not talk about the truth and educate people, then shame on us because that person's salvation is on the line. And that is the reality. And we want everybody to go to heaven. Yes. Which is the definition of charity. Right. Yep. Doing that. Or tough love. Mm-hmm. We've got Janet Wegner and Colleen Pasnack with us here. This is The Chatter, and I'm Tom Oglesby in FM 98.3 KCRD Studios, and we will be back with our next segment right after these announcements. Tom Oglesby back in the FM 98.3 KCRD Studios. This is The Chatter, your your, uh, local just pretend you're joining us for a cup of coffee, or if it's in the afternoon, a, a cup of wine. Doing it here, Janet Wagner, Colleen Pasnick. We've been talking all things Catholic about what's uh, going on globally, but some things going on here uh, locally. What's, what's, what do you got? Well, one of the other headlines that I think we need to continue to talk about is you know this forced vaccination with the pandemic and flu season's right around the corner, and. Um, it seems that who you talk to, it seems like there's two sides, and each side's each side defends their resources. But how do we really drill down between these two sides and figure out who's telling the truth? Mm-hmm. It's a good question because, like you said, both sides have their sources, and both sides have MDs and scientists and people with lots of initials after their name. So who are the sides? So we have, the, on the one hand, we have the people that want people to get the shot. Right. I really don't want to call it a vaccine because it really is not a vaccine like we have historically known. Um, you know, historically, a vaccine was a piece of a virus, either a weakened piece or a dead piece that, that they injected, and then your body made antibodies to fight it. But this, there's... There's not an injection of a virus. So I I hate to call it a vaccine, so I'll just be calling it the shot. Um, But on one side, you've got people that want everybody to get the shot. And in fact, uh, Biden has said 70%. Our goal is 70%. Dubuque County, I think, is over 60%. So that's, I think, pretty incredible. Mm -hmm. Um, You look at the surrounding counties, Jones, Delaware, Clayton, and I think they're more running in the 40%. I think nationally, it's under 50% maybe 48% of people nationally. But so the one side, you got uh, people that want everyone to get the the shot. Um, And and, why? Well, you know, that's a really good question because even that side will say it doesn't prevent you from getting COVID. Mm -hmm. So that's a great question. Why? Honestly, I'm not sure. Uh, It'd be different if, if it meant you wouldn't get COVID. But I've seen headlines where whatever percentage people that have gotten COVID also had the shot. And the other side? Who's out? Well, (laughs) which side did we start with? We started with the (laughs) pro-shot side. Yeah, the pro-shot side. The other side is is that um, this is experimental. It's not a vaccine. It's um, altering your genes. Um, it's messing with your DNA and it's experimental in that regard. And people are very concerned and, and it's just like, why would I stick something into me that has over a 90% rate? If you're over 70 years old or excuse me, under 70 years old of living, 
You mean you're st- you would uh, like 99.85% surviving COVID if you got it? Correct. Under the age of 70. Mm-hmm. Those, are, those mm-hmm. stats are real. And even if you're over the age of 70, that percentage I still believe is in the 90s at least. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, why would you do that? And then the other side of the coin is, is if that person is myself and I think like that, and it is, I would admit that with no problem, is why would you start requiring everybody else to have it in your workplace, at church, um, or children? Children are the most um, immune. Immune, so resilient. Resilient, yeah. Why would you? Why would you do that? And I'm not talking about the person who's already compromised with health issues. No, I'm talking about most people um, that walk around society, in and out of grocery stores, whatever. It, it and there's divisions, and they're strong. Um, and there's and and they're in families. Yes. And they're between couples. I mean, this is really driving a lot of people apart. I have come to divide mother against mother-in-law. That was today's yeah. gospel, I think. Yeah. So we're talking sides, but um, something strikes me here. I'll throw this bone out here. This this is solely a um, terrestrial conversation. This is this is all about medicine, isn't it? What What happened to humans being body and soul what happened to the spiritual leadership if is this demon virus and can't we get somebody down here to cast this out here i mean that you know you know jesus heal me here uh, you know the the woman with the hemorrhage the uh, the lepers the you know the the blind the lame even the dead what what have have we lost our eternal faith, our supernatural faith? What's going on here? You know that is a that is a good question, um, and I have heard people say, you know, I'd rather I'd rather get COVID than get the shot, um, because when it's my time, thinking spiritually, when it's my time to go, it's my time to go. So they are putting their trust more in God and in His timing for things. Um, and and I think in general, well, I think the the phrase here is: Am I correct? Trust the science, isn't that what what the phrase is? I know, well, but as a longtime pro lifer, I want to put all that embryo embryology stuff up there and say, trust the science, everyone who's in favor of abortion. Right, right. So it's only yeah. certain science they want you to trust. That's right. And again, both sides want you to look at the science. And and I think one of the real key issues here is um, people have lost sight not only of their faith. But when you start losing faith, you don't know what your freedoms are. Well, some of the most fearful people I have seen are some of the most devout Christians who have seemed to have, uh, in, in the moment of the rough Sea of Galilee and where the boat's taking on water, just gone to panic city here. Well, it is our nature. I mean, a human nature. Yeah. We're, we don't want to die. We're afraid of death. On the human level. And we are, and we can be sympathetic to that, and especially in the first few weeks when this pandemic hit. Fear is natural, but by the same token with everything that we're learning and, you know, hearing about, I think partly is who, who, people, who are people trusting? Who is their go-to source? Is it their doctor? Is it the TV channel that they turn on in the morning and it's on from morning, noon, and night? And um, 
who are they really listening to? And, and I think scripturally and spiritually speaking, I think it's a good exercise to consider to say, who am I really listening to? Is God really at the forefront of my life? If Is he number one? As, is my life ordered to him? Because when we look at fear, do not fear is one of the most, um, I don't remember how many, I think it's over 500 times that it's mentioned in the Bible. To is it not five fear. or 365? Do I don't, not be afraid. I, don't I, th- know. I thought somebody said it was one for every day of the I year. I thought I heard one for every day of the year, but. Okay, I'll go with Who's that. counting other than yeah. Yeah. Scott Hahn? <laughs> but I think, you know, to that point, is yeah, there's a natural element of being fearful. But the, narr- the narrative is becoming predictable now. It's more than a year. It's a, it's a year and a quarter. It's uh, it's going on. What happened to fourteen days to flatten the curve? Right, right. And that was about the hospitals being overwhelmed. Hospitals being overwhelmed. None of them did. None of there, them. There did. were uh, cruise ships on both coasts converted to uh, military hospitals that were never used. Which is uh, not to say that people didn't die from it. I mean, I know we right. all know that. We're not no. saying, and and it's it's already mutated. There's already variants. They've got names for them already, and the the fear machine just keeps on a pumping. And the latest uh, statistics, numbers, total deaths that just came out last month. The total number of deaths in 2020 from all morbidities is unchanged from 2019, 2018. I mean, Hmm. I know people have died. I know it's been attributed to COVID. We pray for all souls. 14 days to flatten the curve. We just need to do this to gather some time. And now there's another sea monster on the horizon. That's Go ahead. I was just going to say, and the government and all these powers that be are forcing us to, you know, they want everybody vaccinated. Biden says we're coming to your community. We're coming to your, we're knocking on your door. And I'm like, what about my freedom? What about my personal choices? This is the United States of America, for God's sakes. Let me alone. Well, that's that's not just freedom. That's liberty. Right. And then also... They're saying, take the shot, take the shot, take the shot. Well, big deal. What about the other treatments? What about things like ivermectin and hydrochloroquine or whatever it is? Hydroxychloroquine. Yeah. And um, I look at this and it's like, why are we not hearing more about this stuff? You just said the two words that won't get you off the uh, air here. If you did it on any other platform, you'd be (laughs) deplatformed. I'd be canceled. Yeah. But I still think as a question, you know... As a people, why are we not asking more of these questions and demanding it from our leaders? And I want to restate to anybody that's listening here, because we all know friends, relatives, neighbors, co-workers, whatever, who have died in the last year, and it's been attributed to this uh, COVID deal. We are in solidarity with you. We pray for your loss, and we pray for the repose of those souls. Having said that, 14 days to flatten the curve. I don't want to live in America for the rest of my life worried about what the next variant is. Well, right, and it's concerning. We're at 14 days to flatten the curve was what we all heard back in March of 2020. 
And then some of the um, world leaders came out and then they started saying things like, this is a great opportunity. Opportunity for what, Colleen? That's the question. A great opportunity. A crisis going to waste. So then I thought, well, maybe this is not just about a virus. Well, you know? some of the things that we're seeing. Um, well, it's coming, it's coming to Dubuque. What I mean, is... the, well, the hospitals are now um, issuing mandates, regulations, conditions for employment. That's true. That was on the news yesterday. Mercy Hospital is going to require their employees to have, uh, have the shot. What should those employees do? I mean, that is really a tough question for some people that don't want to get the shot, and they're the breadwinners for their family. Do they change careers? Do they um, switch jobs? And, and if they switch jobs, what's to say that their next employer is not going to do the same thing? Right. Let's, let's take a nurse. Maybe, maybe she's a single mom, and she's the only breadwinner in the family. And she worked her way through um, nursing school, and now she's got that debt that she has to right. pay back and other expenses. And Not now, only a debt, but a love of the vocation. The people right. that are called to health care and maternity homes, and I mean, they, they love people and what they do. Well, they're natural healers, and that's a gift, like you said, in their vocation. They're called to that. So they might say, well, you know, I, I can't get the shot. I'm, I, it's experimental, the connection with aborted fetal tissue, on and on and on. Um, and if, if their employment is conditional upon them getting the shot, that puts them in a very, very tough situation. Um, and so what do they do? Do they quit on, because of ethical problems, moral problems? But then maybe they look to be a nurse in a nursing home. Well, when is the nursing home going to mandate it for their well, and employees? I heard to, and I'm just throwing this out there as a question. I've heard that they are allowing, in some of these circumstances, I think with Mercy, I heard that there's an opportunity or something where there's a religious exemption. Mm-hmm. Um, but what does that mean? A religious exemption, is it? What, what does that mean? And what do you have to do? Can you just say, okay, I'm employed at Mercy, and because of my faith and my beliefs, um, I don't want to get the shot. Are they going to accept that or are they going to force you to do other things? Well, historically, you could have a religious exemption for any of the vaccines uh, for your child. You could have that. But I've heard, and I would have to go back and look at specifics, but I've heard that the religious exemption is not going to be an option for this shot. So, you know, it's it's going to... It's going to hit close to home. We're going to have people in this community who say, I don't want the shot, but now I have to, what do I have to have it under duress to keep my job? But here's the trajectory here. This goes back to the 14 days to flatten the curve. And I forget what the other mantra was uh, right after the 14 days. We just need to hunker down. I mean, we just blew by the uh, 4th of July and, and beloved president was saying you know if you do this you could have three people over for your barbecue here i mean where where the trajectory is such whoever they is don't stop at 14 days they don't stop at how do i want to say this they 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 don't stop at the employees in the hospitals and the clinics you know they're what what's the next tier here is it going to be teachers is it going to be anybody that handles deli meat 
what 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 is that trajectory here? Because it it isn't, it's not finite. It's an ongoing uh, conversation. It it's, will not stop. It it doesn't but, stop. They they no. have whoever they are, uh, doesn't stop at all. So is this something that we should just give into, and just say it's just bigger than us, or is this something that? each of us really needs to take a serious look at and unite together and fight it. I think we pick that up when we get back from our uh, next break here. This is FM 98.3 KCRD. You're listening to The Chatter with Colleen Pasnack, Janet Wagner. I'm Tom Oglesby. We will be back right after this. Hi again, everybody. Tom Oglesby back with you on FM 98.3 KCRD. This is Dubuque's show, The Chatter. Colleen Pasnick with me and Janet Wegner. And uh, you were getting hot at the end of the last segment here, Janet. What well, was it? What do we do? Well, it, I left us with the question. So what are we supposed to do? Are we supposed to give in to this monster or do we fight it? And if you're just tuning in, the this is we're talking about uh, vaccines, pandemics, Employment, family, getting faith, the shot, being getting required, the shot, being required, all of that here. So, well, that's a great question, and that's a question everybody's going to have to ask themselves: Do we give in? Do we fight it? Um, you know, we do not judge anybody that takes the shot. No, you know, people are going to have to judge their situation and decide for themselves what they're going to have to do. Who's the group that hollered, uh, "My body, my choice"? Yeah, those are all the pro-abort people. Mm-hmm. Funny how things come back around full circle. But I know people that have gotten the shot, and they're good people. And they got the shot so they could see their grandchildren, you know, or for whatever it might be. Or because the archbishop highly pressured the priest to get it. How did he that didn't, turn out? I he heard didn't that was, uh, was not a mandate. It was not a mandate. It was strongly suggested. So people make these decisions for all sorts of reasons. Um, but it is a good question. What do we do? Mm-hmm. I think, I think first and foremost, we really have to sympathize with the reality of what that means for each individual. And that, and that's why, like you said, Colleen, we can't judge that person's decision. They have to come to that, to those terms to them for themselves. But I guess one of the things that I would, um, have us do, whoever the person is, is sit down in prayer, get a picture of Jesus Christ, look at him in the face, and whatever your decision is, would he approve of it too? Because mm-hmm. he knows your heart. We can't judge hearts. And then you just have to go with that, live that decision, and if down the road you feel like you made a mistake, gosh, that's what the confessional's for. I think we've got to recognize, though, that this is, um, to a degree, we're all marionettes. Somebody's pulling strings on here. If, if Colleen, last segment, you talked about the um, divisiveness of this within families, within social circles of friends and things like that. This is not normal. This, no. this, this is not spontaneous and it's not organic. It is being orchestrated. And people are pulling our strings and they are purposely setting up the boundaries for which 
uh, you're on one. I mean, th- think about it. We're talking about you're on this side of the fence. You're this this side of the coin. On the other side here, that's not accidental. This this is purposely being uh, foisted on every man, woman, and child. You can't go into a store, a church, uh, what whatever, with, without someone uh, talking about it. It'd be interesting to track. Forbid, God forbid, there's not an app that tracks the uh, number of times in a day the subject of the virus, the vaccine, the whatever comes up. Enough of it already. Everyone is talking about it. It's on everyone's mind. That is the topic of conversation. But you make a good point about, you know, someone is pulling the strings because this has never happened with any other shot. Flu shot, and up until now, oh, you get the flu shot? Yeah, no, okay, whatever. On on you go with your life, right? There has never been an effort like this to have everyone get the flu shot. You must get the flu shot or you can't work here. You must get the flu shot or you can't get on a plane. That's never been the case. Right. right. So what is going on? Well, I think it goes back to that thing where we, we all paid attention to where it was like, this is an opportunity. An opportunity for what? Well, you know, in some circles, it comes down to this. You know, there's a there's a group of um, world leaders that want to make a one world order. You know, that topic comes up. Also, the economic forum. You the know, World Economic Forum, and that's a great point. You know, the, the conspiracy people have talked about new world order for a while. But I, I think it has ceased to be conspiracy theory when you've got the head of the World Economic Forum writing a book called The Great Reset right. and talking about these things openly. It fails. It's no longer conspiracy. Well, there's, there's no conspiracies, but there's no coincidence. This is, this is uh, happening uh, right before our eyes. The, the reality of it is, though, is, what is what's the fallout? What, what is really under attack? But you said earlier, uh, freedom, and, and I take that a degree higher, to uh, liberty. This is really about individual rights. This is, we, we open the show talking about the countries, China, Canada, where else are they burning churches? Uh, some priests being kidnapped in Nigeria, in, uh, northern and, and east, uh, western uh, Africa, South this, America, yeah, South Ireland. America, Ireland. This is this is just America is the last bastion. If you notice, if you are getting any news out of Europe and out of Asia, out of Hong Kong, uh, Taiwan, Japan, you're not getting much news out of there. You have to really dig deep to find out what's going on with current events. Cuba is just rioting uh, for the first time in decades. The whole world is locked up. They are months, if not many months, ahead of us in this great reset going on here. And America is the last bastion of freedom. If you if you listen to the people who are talking about this in those countries, they are saying to us, America, do not give up. Because if America gives up, this is the Bill of Rights. This is the Constitution. And this is not freedom. This is liberty. That Most people get that Liberty is what Isaiah preached 
when he said the Messiah would come to give liberty to the captives. Liberty is what sailors get when their ship is in port, and they still can't get off, but the, the, uh, the ship's captain will, will grant you liberty. You're no longer assigned to that, that, uh, that ship. It's different than freedom. Freedom is the ability to do that which is right. The ability to do what is right. In other words, you are, you are free to drive a car. You are not free to drive a car over my lawn and kill my dog. Your, your freedom is that which you are able to do within the constraints of rights. Liberty is to be unencumbered. That's what religious liberty is. It's not religious freedom. It's not, it, it's religious liberty. The third item is, is license. James Bond, 007, he was licensed to kill. He wasn't free to kill. He was sanctioned, licensed to kill. And most people get, get this incorrect, which is why we sent out several hundred pocket constitutions to our listeners here. And if you didn't get one, we still have a few left here. Uh, write us at, at uh, our website. Go on uh, kcrd-fm.org. What's really under attack is America's individual freedoms here. I mean, we have the freedom to die if we want. We, you know, the, When did the government come into being to protect us from ourselves? Yeah, that's the pandemic ushered that in. And it's probably been going on for years. But um, it has been going on for years, right? They Since the 70s, when we had to wear seatbelts. Mm-hmm. But how come this, if they're protecting us from ourselves, how come... Tobacco is still legal. Right. Well. Yeah, and we can go down that, so many different examples of that. But I think I think one of the things that's most upsetting to me is to me, most people are like, you know, it is what it is. Just go with it. The world is changing. You either have to accept it or be miserable. What do you want to do? And I just, I refuse to accept that mentality because to me there's a greater opportunity and that greater opportunity is eternal life with Christ and to have eternal life with Christ doesn't mean that you're just everything's hunky-dory and everything's fine and and um, you don't rock the boat no sometimes you need to rock the boat sometimes you need to get out of the boat and walk on the water and I think these are one of those times and the thing the reason why this stuff continues to happen and um, you were talking about trajectory the reason that the trajectory is going so strong in favor of more and more loss of freedoms or liberties is because people are being silent. They're not standing up. They're not fighting. Well, this goes back to what did you say the other day, uh, Colleen Houston, were the health care workers? What was the story on that? Well, I saw a story where Houston, uh, a facility in Houston, was going to make it mandatory for their employees to have the jab. And many employees went on strike and said, we won't do it. Mm -hmm. But I believe a judge ruled in favor of the hospital and said, yes, they can require you to get it. And I think some of that depends on if you're, um, what type of company you are and if you're a private company or not. I mean, private companies have a little bit more leeway with 
what they can require. Mm-hmm. But imagine if, if now, like I heard, we all heard on the news yesterday, Mercy Hospital is going to require it as of September. What if every employee at Mercy said, we're not doing it? Right. right. Well, what happened? Right. They, they'd have to back down. Yeah. You are, can't, there, right? are there enough employees that would be strong enough to do that? I don't know. Well, I, I, I think that's a, a good question. The real question is, is what are we going to do to let those employees know that we have their backs? Right. Mm-hmm. And what does that look like? Well, the, the Constitution, I'll go back to the Bill of Rights here. It's in effect at all times. It's not under suspension during a, a, an outbreak. It's not under suspension during war. It's not under suspension during the seventh inning stretch. It is the highest law of the land. The government derives its power from the consent of the governed. They work for us. They don't tell us what to do. That's right. We, it's Agree. we the people. Agree. We the people. Agree. So I think part of the problem is we the people have been divided and isolated and locked down, and now you can't even talk about it to people. So maybe a lot of your friends and family feel the same way, but they're afraid to say anything because, well, they'll just think I'm crazy. They, they all got the shot. They're just going to think I'm crazy. Turn your phone off for 48 hours and don't watch TV. Your life, you know. It would change. Mm-hmm. You know, and some of it is, is to me, I think... Other than KCRD, didn't I? Right. There you go. Leave KCRD yeah. on. Good, good catch. <laughs> I, think, I think people are so bothered and so busy that to fight or to, to read more, to study more, that's just too much for so many people. Well, we're dumbing down the generations. Can we get any more stupid? Don't ask that question. <laughs> I mean, I know we've been trying to ask some good questions, but that one kind of popped into my yeah, head. I no. mean, I mean that, you know, maybe out of my my fear is I, I just want as many people to go to heaven as possible. And I'm really concerned with some of the decisions that people are making. They're, they're throwing the baby out with the bathwater because they're not looking at what's in the tub. <laughs> Right. And and in a sense, once you get the shot, there's no going back. There's no going it's back. It's not like you can change your mind and untake it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it uh, gets into the DNA in each of your body's cells. Right. If you say, I'm not taking it, you can always change your mind, be persuaded to take it. But once you've taken it, there is no going back. One of the things that, um, I don't know if we've talked about it on here or not, but um, I've been doing some reading and trying to keep up on some of this stuff. Uh, I want to say like two or three different reports that I've read, um, and it varies. They're saying that in, within two to five years, some reports will say as soon as two years, and some reports will say as early as five years, at least in that time frame, that those who have taken the shot will be deceased. Scary. What do you guys think about that? Well, you know, even some, um, some of the pharmaceuticals are saying that there is a problem with uh, heart problems for young teenage boys right um, clotting problems um, I saw just today Johnson and Johnson is now putting out there 
uh, as a disclaimer, oh, may cause nerve damage. I mean, they're they're starting to say these things. And I also saw that Pfizer said that uh, um, something along those lines, but also uh, like a third a third shot as an option. Well, this um, goes back to the trajectory of the narrative. It's fourteen days, one one va- to flatten the curve. It was uh, another one, uh, I I wish I could remember the other slogan back in April of 2020, but it was 14 days to flatten the curb, and then then we were going to get to herd immunity, and and now we've got variants going on here, and, and, uh, well, we'll take one shot, but then there needs to be a second shot for some of the, and then there needs to be a, a booster, and then this is going to be an annual deal, and it is, it is, it's so out there, of control. There's, yeah, there's the uh, trajectory. And the other thing that's um, worrisome to me, and I know you all are pro-lifers as well, but the people behind it that are promoting it are in favor of abortion and eugenics. Right. Eugenics meaning, you know, we need to kind of cull the herd and get the sick people out, the old people the out. The eaters. Right? And so this whole idea that some people are not worthy of life, that's the mentality behind the people promoting these shots that's bothersome well you got to bring it back here worthy of life who grants us life god himself god himself and you know we weren't made to be getting shots on a on a day i I go back somebody uh call the blessed mother call saint joseph call call christ himself let's get rid of this what would it be like if all of our bishops would do an exorcism over um these uh demons of our health um circumstances be powerful it would be very powerful do you all remember a couple years ago when there was that abortion clinic in rockford and it was Mm -hmm. a horrible evil evil place and there were four priests that had the permission of the uh, Bishop of Rockford, Bishop Doran at the time, and each priest stood on a f- on the four corners of that block, and they prayed exorcism prayers. And within, I think, three days, that clinic was closed, and it has never reopened. So your idea about the bishops all praying exorcism prayers against this, that would be very powerful. I think it would be, and I think um, I-, I get the sense that when you call down for prayer, I mean, prayer to me is, you know, one of the most important things in my life, not only just for Thanksgiving, not only for petition, but mostly to continue to build a relationship with Christ. And if we don't have that prayer, and if we don't have our leadership that's calling us to um, be prophets and be prayers, and then we have nothing. Because if our religious leaders... Um, well, it's difficult. I would say at least half of our religious priests, religious bishops have probably taken the shot and buy into all of that um, rhetoric of everything saying, yeah, you should do this. You should, you should take the shot. It's, it's good for you. And I'm like, how can you say that it's good for you when the ultimate, the ultimate sacrifice was for a child to be murdered in order to bring these vaccinations to fruition. It's remote. It's asinine. It's remote. And what's Christ going to say? Well, we will all find out what he has to say sooner than later. 
But I think there's, I think these are good questions to ask, to keep in mind. What would I do if it came right down to it? What would I do in my life? Who's pulling the strings? What's this really about? How much further down the line is it going to go um, on that trajectory? These are all really good questions to keep in mind as we hear and see the news. You know, some of this stuff a year ago, you would say it was pretty sensational. But the more that this year has gone by, it's become reality. And, you know, and one of the things is that we see as this reality and kind of some of the fruit of this pandemic and the shutdowns and all of this is the food shortages, uh, labor shortages, mm-hmm. um, parts, transportation, uh, transportation, supply lines. Supply lines. Um, the, it, the, yeah, it's, it's having a ripple effect on the whole economy, on people's lives, on their ability to feed their families on employers to find workers to keep their businesses open. I heard an interesting thing. I heard that in the past year and a half, 60% of small businesses have gone under. Yes. 60%. And in the same time period, the net worth, the value of our richest people, our Jeff Bezos from Amazon, etc., their wealth has increased by 55%. Wealth transfer before our eyes. It's wealth transfer from the mom and pop small business to the richest already. Well, look at what's going to happen, you know, like in some of these things. And I can't help but think God, you know, I mean, we know God's hand is is in all of this. Um, we, We don't, you know, our minds are not like his at all. But the thing that I find interesting is when we start asking some of these questions, like what's, what's going to happen and, and, you know, I went down the path before and I said, some of the doctors have made mention in a couple of different reports that I read saying that, you know, <clears throat> people have taken the vaccine. Some of those people will probably be dead within two to five years. So pick a percentage. Look at humanity who's taken the shot. Mm. Um, property values are going to get real cheap quick. If that much of humanity, if if there's any part of that, that's true. Well, we need to wrap this up because we're getting close to the hour, Janet, but you just set us up for the next show on the chatter here. Write that one down. This is not the Truman Show. This is the chatter here <laughs> at kcrdfm.org here. Let's, uh, let's close with a prayer. In the name of the Father, Father and the Son, Son and, and the Holy, Holy Spirit, Spirit. Amen. amen. Glory be to the Father, Father and, and to, to the Son and to the, to the Holy Spirit, Spirit as, as it was in the beginning. beginning is now and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. We are The Chatter, Colleen Pasnick, Janet Wagner, I'm Tom Oglesby. See you next week on FM 98.3 KCRD.